and welcome to the Bikers Church Midrand Podcast. It's great to have you join us for this week's episode. We hope that you find this valuable for your daily life. Thank you for joining us again today. It's so good to have you connect with us. Now we are living in some very interesting times. We, we're living in times of real uncertainty. We're living in times of, of real disruption. And uh, we've seen some crazy stuff happen over the last couple of months. Um, I mean, considering face masks, having to wear them to the store or wherever we go, um, I still find it slightly humorous that you're not allowed to get into a bank unless you're wearing a face mask. Um, all the sanitizer that we're having to use during this time, wherever you go, you can't get in unless you've sanitized your hands. Uh, think of lockdown and, and, and just how crazy that was, not being allowed to leave your yard and kind of felt like we were living on the set of The Walking Dead or 28 Days Later or one of those. Uh, and even during this time, not being allowed to gather and as a church, just experiencing the fact that as a church, we've not been able to gather and as a church, we're still not gathering as this is being uh, shot. Um, I, this week, I, I read a, a, an incredible article um, on how earlier on in this year, uh, Poland actually invaded the Czech Republic by accident. <laughs> There's this little church right on the Polish-Czech border um, and, and the military rolled in um, and found a church gathering. And obviously in Poland, they weren't allowed to gather anymore, uh, but in the Czech Republic they were. And the army rolls in and kind of chases everyone out of the church and sends them all home and occupies the church. <laughs> Only to find out later they were in the wrong country and uh, had to apologize and, and kind of fix things. And fortunately, we haven't been removed out of churches in that way. Um, but, but we have faced our own frustrations during these times. And talking about the church, we're, we're really in the middle of a series right now called we are the church and as we consider this word church we've really come from the standpoint of you have an idea of what this word church means and i have an idea of what this word church means but but at the end of the day what did jesus mean when he said church and we connected with a sentence that he said to his followers where he said, I will build my church. And when he said church, he wasn't referring to a, to a location. Uh, he wasn't recur referring to a place, but he was referring to a people. Uh, that, word, that word church that he uses, ecclesia, it means called out ones. It means his people. And, and that's who he was referring to. And then we went on to talk about how will we be known? How will we be, be, be recognized to, to be this church, to be these, these called out ones, that, that, that we will be known by the way that we love one another and the way that we love the people around us and that's how we'll be known to be his followers and then last week Vanna just really spoke into the fact that 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 we shouldn't be known for what we're against but that we should be known for what we are for 
And if you've missed out on any of these uh, messages over the last couple of weeks, I really want to encourage you, get onto our YouTube channel. They're all there. They're all available for you. And just go and watch them. I honestly believe that it'll, it'll add real value to your life. And this week, I want to connect to, to probably the most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. And why it's called the Sermon on the Mount is pretty much just because Jesus climbed up a hill. And as he climbed up this hill, he, he spoke to a group of people on this hill. And uh, therefore, it being called the Sermon on the Mount. But, but in this message that he's, that he's giving to his followers that are there with him, he essentially calls us as his followers, as he called them on the day. He, he, he referred to them and he refers to us as, as two things. And I want to have a look at those two things today. Here's what he said. This, this, this message is, is captured for us in, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 5 and verse 13. It says this, it says, You are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. Now, as you and I read it in today's terms, we, we may get the wrong idea about what Jesus was meaning there. Because for you and I, in our language, in our vocabulary, when we look at that, we go, man, you know, salt of the earth. It's like those are real salt of the earth kind of people. You know, they, 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 there's nothing flashy. There's nothing fancy about them. They're just real salt of the earth people, just like down to earth people, really cool people, you know, like I say, nothing, nothing fancy about them. Just really cool people, like down-to-earth people. But yet when Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth, that's not what he meant. Because the group of people that he was speaking to, they understood what, what, what salt meant and what salt does. Because you see, back then they didn't have fridges, they didn't have freezers, they didn't have these places where they could store their food and kind of preserve their food through keeping it cool. No, they, they had to use other methods. And for them, salt was a preservative. Salt preserved their food. It, it, it kept it from rotting. So when Jesus says to them, you are the salt of the earth, what, it, what, what they are hearing is, you are my preservative on this earth. And in a very practical way, that's exactly what Jesus was saying to them and what I believe he's still saying to you and to me today. What he was saying is that with, without you living out and without you demonstrating the way that I've, that I've asked you to live, the world around you, will rot. You are the salt of the earth. And if, if you may be wondering around the validity of that today, just, just stop and have a look around you. Just stop and have a look around. Stop and have a look throughout history. As we look throughout history, we, we, we see what happens when we try to remove God from society. We, if we look at communism, we look at Marxism, even if we look today at the, at the strong push for humanism within our society, we see that, that in, in, in all of these instances, they all tried to remove God from society. And the end result was that the, the world around them started to rot. 
And in the day that Jesus spoke these words, his audience was, was a, a, a conquered and oppressed people uh, living under, under Roman rule. You see, at one point, Israel was like this revolving door of being conquered. Like, whoever came along conquered them. <laughs> it, was, it was pretty much like, you know, they weren't the wall, they weren't the fence, they were the open door. Come in, conquer us, and we'll do whatever you tell us to do. It's kind of where they were at. And at that time, Rome had conquered them. And they were living under Roman rule. And what that meant was that as the Romans functioned, God was removed from society. Uh, Jupiter was worshipped, the planet. Jupiter was worshipped. And ultimately, human life had no value. Human life had no value. The only thing that, that the Roman world valued was money and power. So if you were a really wealthy person, your money was valued. If you were a really, a really um, a, a, a mighty person, like, like if you were a commander or something along those lines, like your sword was, was valued. Kind of him with the biggest army, biggest sword that wins. That's what was valued. But you see, the first century church, they, they lived in that space. And though their world was, was, was falling down around them, <laughs> First century Christians, they, they lived with a kind of mercy. They, they, they lived with a kind of, of purity of heart. They lived with a kind of righteousness that, that found worth in those who the Roman world found worthless. And they, they, they demonstrated such a powerful love that, that changed the way that the world would ultimately value human life. All because of how Jesus had taught them to live. I mean, just think about that moment where, where his followers look at him and say, and say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus looks at them and he, and he says to them, when you pray, say, Our Father. Our Father in heaven. Not some big chunk of rock out in space. <laughs> no, our Father. Like God became personal. God had a personality. He was personal to the person. Like as Jesus says this, all of a sudden God becomes a Father. And here's the deal, folks. When God's your father, you have value. When God's your father, you have value. Because when God's your father, you are loved by God. And whoever is loved by God has intrinsic value. If you are sitting there today thinking to yourself, man, am I loved by God? You are loved by God. Do, do I have value? Right there where you're sitting, you have value. And here Jesus is making God so personal 
and, and, and he's saying to, to these people that to this personal God, you are his salt. You are his, his preservative here on earth. And, and without, without you living out and demonstrating this life that he's asked you to love, the world around you will rot. You are the salt of the earth. Well, he carries on and he says this in, in verse 14. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. And to you and me, that may kind of slip by without us really grasping the significance of it. But his audience understood it because back then the world that they lived in was pretty much just the area that they lived in. And they knew that it was, it was really flat and there were these little hills. And where, when a town was built... The town would be built on one of these hills. And these, these towns were built out of white limestone. And this white limestone, during the day when the sun would shine onto this town, the, the, the limestone would reflect the sun. And as you'd be walking up to a town, uh, all around it, it's arid, it's like desert. You, chances are good, you were hungry, you were thirsty, you were tired. And as you're approaching, all of a sudden you just see this, this white glow on a hill and it's like this beacon of hope. And maybe you got caught up in the day and you didn't get to travel as far or as fast as you wanted and you arrived at night and those towns, all their homes would have these oil lamps burning in them and there'd be these hundreds of oil lamps in hundreds of homes glowing on the top of this hill and again it would be this beacon of hope that the traveler would see and they knew that it's this beacon of hope where the hungry can find food and where the thirsty can find something to drink and where the tired can find rest and shelter. And as Jesus is speaking to his followers, as Jesus is listening to his, speaking to his audience on that day, Jesus meant for his followers to, to, to light up the world around them, just like that town on a hill, showing the way to God's grace. You see, he called them to live in such a way that, that, that the people around them would, would, would connect the dots between, between how Christians live and the God that they serve. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't believe that it's any different today. I still believe that that is what God is calling out, us out to, to live like, that, that He's calling us to be these beacons of hope for the world around us, that, that, that He's calling us out to, to live in such a way that we connect the dots between, between how these, these Jesus followers, how this church should be living and the God that we serve. That when people look at the way that we raise our kids, that, that 
that it's salt and light. That, that, that as they look at, at the way that we love our spouses, how we deal with each other in our marriages, that that would be salt and light. That the way that we function at work and, and, and operate at work, that it would be salt and light to the world around us. That hungry can find food and thirsty can find water and that the tired can find rest and shelter and fullness of life. What he's saying is that you were made for more than just sitting in church on a Sunday. Now, I've got nothing against sitting in church on a Sunday. I believe it's important. In fact, there are probably several of you today who've kind of slipped out of the habit like this whole online thing is just not working for you. And as a result, you're finding other things to do on a Sunday morning now that you can get out a bit and, and, and connect a little more with, with other people. And, and, and you may even be in a bit of a space where you're going, you know, in all truth, man, I'll get back into, into church when we can gather again. And if there's something that I've learned is once you stop doing something, it's really hard to get back into it. My Sundays haven't changed much, if I'm honest. Uh, on a Sunday morning, I get, I get woken up by the world's most beautiful alarm clock. Her name is Natalie. And she brings me a cup of, of green tea and a big kiss. It's a great way to wake up in the morning. From there, I'll, I'll, I'll get through a shower, uh, get myself dressed, get downstairs. 8.30, I'm in a, I'm in a prayer meeting with many of you. Um, and we'll be praying for the rest of you and for ourselves, um, just that God will, will, will make us open to, to the message for that, for that morning. And then from there, between that prayer meeting and, and the actual church starting, uh, I'm swallowing a slice of toast. But at nine o'clock, man, furniture's been shifted. My son's on my shoulders. And by the time the worship team starts playing, we are jumping around and dancing in our living room, praising God for, for what He's done through this time in our lives, for worshiping, for, 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 for who He is in our lives, and just changing the atmosphere in our home from, from areas of, 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 of hurt, areas of fear, areas of doubt, into, into an atmosphere of faith and, and, and peace. And then from there, just sitting, open to, to hear what God is wanting to communicate to us. So when it comes to Sunday, our, our lives haven't changed much. We're still in the habit. We're still engaging. And I believe that God still wants us to engage. But I believe that He wants us to step further than just wanting to sit in a church on a Sunday. You see, He, he, he carries on in in Matthew 5:14 and he says this he says he says you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden a town built on a hill cannot be hidden now that word built is a little misleading it's kind of one of those moments where the english language just fails us in the original language it's it's far closer to the word, to the word placed a town placed on a hill cannot be hidden. Catch what Jesus is saying there to his audience and what he's saying to you and to me. Jesus is essentially saying, 
that you are like a strategically placed light on a hill. You are like a strategically placed light on a hill. You may be saying, I'm not strategically placed, man. In fact, I was actually just transferred from Durban because my job needed someone up here. Or, or you may be in a place where, where you're going, you know, in, in all honesty, uh, I was just living in a small town in the free state and I, I actually just needed to, to earn a bit more money and I figured I could do that in Joburg. So I just moved up here and, and you can rationalize all kinds of theories as to why you are where you are. But I want to say to you that you are not where you are by accident, but you are where you are because God has strategically and geographically placed you there to be that light shining on a hill. He carries on in verse 15 and he says, Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everything in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see our good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, far too often, far too often we hope that people see our intentions, but they don't. They see our actions. We hope people will even judge us according to our intentions, but they don't. They judge us based on our actions. And ultimately, that, ladies and gentlemen, is what we'll be known for. It's what Jesus said. How will they know that you're mine? By the way that you love one another. You see, good deeds point people to the Father. It's that dot connector. It's where people look at the church and how they should look at the church and go, man, they are the kindest, most generous people I've ever come across. Like, who is that kind? Who is that generous? How, how, how does anyone love someone that much? Jesus said, be salt, be light. So people can, can connect the dots between the good deeds that we do and our Father in heaven. We have to be His dot connectors. I wonder today, what's, what's your next step? What's your next step? If you're a Christian, today, chances are very good that you're a Christian, that you're a Jesus follower because someone was salt and light in your life. Someone was that, that town shining on a hill. Someone was that strategically placed light that was pointing you to the Heavenly Father. And showing you the way to God's grace. Now their persistence may have been a little irritating. But ultimately the way that, you, that they loved you. Changed your heart and changed your life. I wonder today. 
Are you that person in someone else's life? Are you that salt? Are you that light? Are you that persistent love in their lives? That's, that's, that's the dot connector between, between how we should live and the God that we serve. Are, are, are you, are you that, that preservative, living out the, the way that Jesus asks us to live? Are, are you that light showing people the way to Jesus? And if you aren't, I want to encourage you today, make the choice. Make the choice to be His preservative. Make the, the choice to be His light. Be salt. Be light. Because salt always preserves and light always shows the way. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we thank you that we could come and just connect again to, to your heart for our lives, Lord. Lord, I thank you that you make it so clear for us that you love us, that you are a personal God, that you want to connect with us individually, Lord that you aren't some, some rock in outer space that we cannot connect with, but that you are our heavenly Father and that you desire a relationship with us. Lord, we thank you that as we just stop and pay attention to what you've spoken to us today, Lord, that as you have, Lord, I thank you that we can take up this call to be your salt, to, to love in a way, Lord, that, 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 that we can show people who you are by the way that we love. Lord, I thank you that, that, that we can be your light, that we can be that strategically placed light shining on a hill, showing people the way to your grace. And Lord, I thank you that if there's anyone out there today who, who's really connecting with us and just going, man, I, I so desire to be God's salt, to be God's light, Lord, that today you'll give them the courage to stand up and to just love the way that you've asked us to live by loving the way that you've asked us to love, Lord, and that you'll give them the, the, the courage and the grace to be that dot connector between how we should behave and you, the God that we serve. We thank you that we can get out into our daily lives and just be an accurate representation of you. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. It was so good to just be able to connect with you. If you'd like to speak to someone, please feel free to reach out to us on social media, on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, if you would like to, as I said earlier, connect with any of our previous material, please go subscribe to our YouTube channel uh, so that you don't miss out anything in the future either. Beyond that, we love you. We look forward to connecting with you again next week as we continue with the series, We Are The Church. We trust that you found this message valuable. For more information on who we are or how you can get involved, please check out our website at bikerschurchmidrand.co.za or connect with us through social media on Facebook or Instagram. Beyond that, have a great day.